cutting-edge startups and Fortune 500s all in one room talking about how emerging technologies are changing our world. This is The Tech House, and I'm Swish, your host, the CEO of Truefin. Today, I'm here with Matthew Gamesh and Kelly Stewart. Matthew is a senior marketing manager and marketing leadership team lead at the Hershey's Company, which is by far my favorite chocolate, by the way. He's worked on numerous award-winning campaigns, such as the Reese ASMR, Reese Peanut Pieces Space Launch, and the OH Henry 425. Welcome, Matthew, to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. And Kelly is the director of marketing at Sampler. You might have heard about it, a digital product sampling solution that helps brands get their products in the hands of their target customers. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We've all seen it. Brand reps aimlessly handing out sample products on the street. Whether you decide to take them or not, it's a hit or miss whether the product will actually apply to you personally. Prior to the podcast, I had a quick discussion with Kelly and Matthew about the future of CPG sampling and what they're doing to solve this inefficient landscape basically just the idea that you can reach consumers digitally and send them a product sample physically. So what that means is we have created this technology that can be embedded into a brand's website or it can be a microsite. It can power their ads. But basically, it's a way for consumers to find a free product sample offer online. Uh, They answer five to seven questions and then they would get matched with the sample that suits the answers that they gave, whether it's that they have curly hair, then they would get a curly hair shampoo, um, et cetera. Um, And so it's just a really smart way, we believe, to get the right samples into the right hands and really help the brands get more bang for their buck. There's a famous quote in marketing, and I, I wish I could give credit to the person who said it. It's an old quote that says, I know that I'm wasting 50% of my marketing spend. The problem is I don't know which one. And um, kind of that reality, because we could call it, call it a reality, is what guides us when we looked at new technology like, like Sampler. And what Kelly is describing when she talks about knowing exactly who's the consumer is getting your sample is actually going after that wasted money. You waste money in marketing when you send a sample to someone who's bald and you're trying to sell shampoo. If you if you sell it sample to so you send a sample to someone who doesn't need it at the right time to the wrong person, that's wasted money. So technology like Sampler is allowing us to take chunk out of that wasted fifty percent. Although the CPG industry might seem traditional, make no mistake, it's changing really quickly. New tactics like Sampler are making it easier than ever for CPG brands to build a stronger relationship with their customers. On today's podcast, we're tackling one main question. What does the future CPG look like? Millions and millions of dollars are being wasted and giving out samples at a music festival or at a department store. And you didn't really know the name of the person that took the sample or anything about them. And the second they walked away, you couldn't keep in contact with them. So by doing it online now, we we really wanted to foster relationships between the brand and the consumer so that it doesn't have to end right when they try the sample. It can keep going and, and there can be more of a conversation. And in terms of your other careers, I mean, when you guys tell people what you do, family or friends, what are some common misconceptions you get about your jobs? One of the main misconceptions that I'm hearing about, and that's mainly through when we go on campus for recruiting, there's people who come to us and go, well, I'm not, I don't like maths. I, I'm not into analytics. I'm more of a creative person. So I'm attracted by brand management uh, career. 
where that's like a total misconception. It's both. It's both right and left brain. And that's what makes that job very, very interesting and unique. You, you got to marry up the analytics and the creativity. And what about you, Kelly? Within the startup world, we don't play ping pong all the time. <laughs> but there's definitely this idea, and it's still definitely a problem within the tech community, but um, that it's a boys club. But from the beginning, Sampler's been dominantly women. To us, to have more perspectives makes a better business, right? You need people from all walks of life to relate to people of all walks of life. When people think of Hershey's, Matthew, uh, the first thing that comes to their mind likely won't be innovation. So for you guys, when it comes to innovating on the marketing end, what were some early tactics that you guys deployed for that? I say now it's a bit of a misconception that we can't do innovative things. What's innovate for us is, is never a brief But as we sharpen our approach to understand the consumer and the media landscape, because it goes hand to hand, we we need to use the media landscape in order to reach our consumer, then the better we are at understanding it, it really kind of gets us to innovate because we move with the innovation, especially in the media landscape. And it leads us to understand new things about the consumer and it, it leads to Uh, creative ideas and and creative media plan. And then Kelly, in terms of customer acquisition, how do you effectively reach your target customers over social? It's kind of us working with the brand, right? Because we're B2B. It's definitely something we're we're kind of B2B to C, so we're doing both at the same time. And that's that's part of the challenge of being um, on the marketing team for us is that while we are looking to speak to brands on certain platforms, yeah, definitely on Instagram, um, we're doing a lot of really kind of editorial photography, flat lays, product reviews, a lot of things about new trends. Like we wrote a piece just on CBD. What does it mean and why are people using it in products? Um, because we were getting a ton of feedback from consumers who were trying the brands we were working with. And so we're trying to kind of become this hub for uh, and consumers to come. So kind of becoming more than just the sampling and really empowering and consumers to feel like their product reviews and feedback really matters. Sending these products to their home um, and really making this whole kind of experience for them to unbox and try it and ask them what they think. They all feel like brand ambassadors in a way. They feel empowered. They're they're kind of like, oh, the brand wants to hear my feedback. This is what I'm thinking. Like, we'd be happy to help them with more feedback in the future. So in the same way that brands are loving direct to consumer, I think consumers are loving direct to brand. I think on an empirical level, you can definitely tell that hey, I can get customer feedback, but that level of loyalty that I feel like you're helping brands build, you can't you can't put a number on it. No, you know? I mean, it's this idea of reciprocity, right? Yeah. Which is this idea that if Hershey's is listening to their consumer a little bit more than their direct competitor and they're, they're allowing their consumers to try it in home for free, I mean, it's going to make it a lot clearer which brand they're going to pick when they're in the aisle at the grocery store. So that that's definitely been something that's worked really well for us. Yeah. And speaking of the grocery store, so for, for you guys, Matthew, you know, you guys have the added challenge, I think, of on digital, on social, having to not only get the consumer to learn about a new product, but to go physically into a store and buy it. So how do you guys transition them from going on social to then actually physically taking an action? So we don't really see it as a challenge because that's our reality. That's how we've been founded. So 400 years 
that was the the challenge, whether it was in social or on TV, there was still and still are that break between the time where we talk to them and closing a transaction. And the added challenge of the person who's closing the transaction with them is not us, is a retailer with their own strategy. So our our goal as as a brand, as a company with brands, is to keep the brand top of mind and relevant so that then when they get into those retail space, there's another job that we're doing is we're making sure that we got display, that we're at the forefront, that we got shelf presence, and that the work that we're doing with the retailers and the work that we've done up front talking to them and getting, being relevant, staying relevant, staying top of mind connects once they see us on right. on shelf. right. And then, Kelly, in terms of, I mean, I know if I asked you the question of digital product sampling versus traditional, you'd have great arguments to say that digital is a lot more effective. But if I asked you, if I can get a strategy where I mix digital and traditional versus only digital, where would you be in that debate? I mean, I don't think it should just be digital. I think that's where we're moving is this idea that you can weave both together. And it's almost similar to advertising, right? Like digital versus out of home print, you know, like it's good to combine them. And that's what most of who we work with does. If you're looking for something a little more efficient, um, it's digital sampling is just such a great way to kind of, as we say, collapse the funnel. I mean, if you're powering your ad buy with a free sample offer, uh, that's like three touch points consolidated into one. And when you give a sample to to a consumer, how do you change that like feeling of loyalty to them now making another purchase? Like how do you re-engage them to become a recurring customer? When they first opt in for the sample, and as I said, it's typically white label, so it looks as though it's coming from Hershey's or whomever. We make it so that it's really easy for the brand to stay in contact with them, um, but we don't push it on them. So they're, they're able, there's an option for them to opt in for more information after the sample, as well as two weeks later, we'll send them a survey asking how they liked it. And typically, we'll either email them a coupon um, or some sort of offering that will make them go in store to at least buy it once. But as I said, the conversation doesn't end there. And a lot of the brands that keep our technology on all the time are able to keep momentum and, and keep that conversation going and keep, they don't just see the one sample offer as the sole touch point. Perhaps they offer them uh, another sample in a few months or, you know, it's it's ongoing. It's not just one specific execution. I want to hear the core problems that both of you guys see marketeers having when they're trying to get their product in the hands of customers. What are some of the core marketing problems there? That break between communicating to them and getting them to a transaction. So the, the the opportunity for us is really to close that gap and start having a a richer conversation and relationship with our consumers all the way through trial and, and hopefully at one point a lot of the transactions. Got it. Kelly, for you? Yeah. So I think another piece is, uh, especially for more niche brands, um, it's become so much more segmented that it's hard to reach the right audience who would actually want your product. So it's not as simple as there's only people who want white bread or brown bread, like now there's gluten-free bread or not no GMO, you know, like there's so many different options and trying to find the right person who is really interested in that very specific offering is quite difficult for especially emerging brands. That's definitely the challenge they come to us with the most is that they're like, we know we've got this great product. We know we've got traction, but we don't know where to find them. It's so difficult to find these pockets of people across North America or the world. Customer loyalty has never been more important. Brands need to make sure that customers feel like their voices are being heard. At the end of the day, 
Anything driving marketing or product decisions comes down to what a customer wants. If you're not listening to what they're liking, what they're not liking, you're not going to be able to keep up with their demands and they're likely going to switch over to another brand. That's why it's so important to constantly have a pulse on what your customer is saying. I loved when Kelly brought up the idea of reciprocity because it showed the value of sampling and being able to get customer feedback to make your end customer feel very, very valued. And if your end customer feels valued, they're gonna tell their friends and family members. A lot of studies have showed that when we make buying decisions, it actually comes down to the influences that are very close to us, family members and friends. That is the essence of why word of mouth marketing is so powerful. Brands can build trust with their consumers in three ways. Number one is doing something very similar to Sampler, where you give free product or discounted product to your consumers and you're able to get their feedback directly from them and start making tailored products. The second thing is by being extremely transparent about how you make your products, where you get your products from, and why you're selling them. And finally, being able to have a side benefit would be a fantastic thing for a brand to do. If you gave away 15% of your total revenue in a year towards a great cause that a consumer believes in as well, it's a great touch point to be able to build a relationship with them. Why does that matter? Well, if you want to have a sustainable business that goes on for years upon years, you need to start off by caring for the initial consumers that come into your network. But those are just my thoughts. Let's hear what Kelly and Matthew have to say. I feel like we're pretty smart people in the room. Um, there are definitely a lot of smart people listening to this podcast. How do you feel like we could get an edge on, on somebody like that? How could we go about targeting them or finding them and, and being able to engage with them on social? Our approach is we just ask them. We ask them what they like. It's not about just sneakily popping up in their life and them kind of being like, how did you know that about me? Because they don't feel as like creeped out, I guess, with the idea that we're going to find the right products for you. They, they know that from the get-go. Playing devil's advocate. I mean, obviously on the data side right now, many consumers are becoming a little more cognizant of where's my data going? And they're a little scared that the internet seems to know more about them than even their family members do. How do you guys go about building that level of transparency and, and showing people that you can trust the answers that we're giving? We're not sharing it to anyone and we're actually here to serve your best interest. For us, it's definitely about communication right? Like we say that in as many places as we can uh, throughout the experience for them, as well as we we try not to get too personal in the questions. It's pretty high level. And we keep reiterating, you are doing this to get a sample. Like we are using this to give you a sample. We see it as a long lasting relationship with these these consumers. So we try to gain their trust right from the beginning. Um, Even if there's more ways to capitalize on the relationship from the beginning, we kind of hold back and make sure that uh, we only move them into as much data points that they're willing to give us as we go. Right. Well put. Um, And then for Matthew, I mean, the problem you labeled was trying to get Hershey's, I guess, think more like an e-commerce brand and being able to transition more onto the internet. Do you ever believe that in in 15 to 20 years, I will see Hershey as as a DTC company where like maybe there's no real retail presence anymore, but I can order Hershey bars whenever I want instantaneously? You're still going to see retail. Right. You're still going to have retail experiences that are going to be vastly different. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure of that. And yes, you'll see Hershey uh, doing DTC, whether, whether or not it is through our own infrastructure or white label technology like Sampler and others that are enablers of DTC, it will happen because it, it's getting so much easier year by year to do that now 
with everything that's being developed in terms of logistics behind getting stuff to people wherever they are, and it's getting faster and faster and cheaper and cheaper for people to get things, anything. What's in the way for us is our, our average ring, the low ring item, obviously, are low ring item and things that are uh, sensitive to temperature, which we're both about that. It's an added challenge. It means that we're going to be laggers in the development of those TTC and capa- DTC capability, but it will happen for sure. And then for Kelly, going forward for Sampler, um, obviously you guys have done a great job now of transitioning from traditional product sampling, digitalizing it. What's the next step? Like, where do we go from here? We're working on different ways that we can also be a part of perhaps offline sampling, ways to make that more efficient, ways to make that have data as well. And just playing with that idea that that is still a need and and how we can make it more efficient for the brands that we work with. For some of the brands you work with, do they come to Sampler also to do product testing, like to test potential consumption? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I personally find so fascinating. For example, we actually had one brand, they distributed samples through us, but there was something about the taste that wasn't really resonating with consumers. And so they stopped production and actually re- remade their recipe to kind of it reiterate. That's crazy. Wow. What do you, what do you feel, Matthew, is the, the future of consumer packaged goods? What is that going to look like in, in 10 to 15 years? So, I mean, connected with the conversation we had about DTC, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be facing as a big as a big CPG a lot more competition from a lot smaller companies because the reality of the big CPGs right now is even though sometimes we feel like we're limited by our distribution system through retailers, it's also a protection. As in the retailers are the curators right now of what makes it to the shelf and they're creating a barrier to entry in our industry. Once DTC gets easier for products in our category, it's going to be an enabler for anyone to get in. Like we're seeing with other categories, how many shoe companies are you seeing on Instagram right now? Because anyone can start a shoe company, apparently. (laughs) Um, It got really much easier in that industry, and it's going to happen in our industry. The future is we're going to have to be a lot more nimble in terms of innovation. We're going to have a lot more fragmented portfolio of brands and products connecting back to what Kelly was talking about, some of the companies that they're working with going after real niche and using their capability to only sample to that niche. Well, that's how our portfolio is going to look like. The big mass brands that are most of our sales are going to start to be less important and we're going to end up having a portfolio of small brands catering with to a lot more niches. Right. And and for Kelly, do you feel like sampling is, is a supplementary tactic to other strategies that brands should utilize? Like what is the most ideal approach you feel like a brand could use with sampler? The really interesting stuff that's going on right now is powering ad buys with sampler, changing the meaning of an impression and not just settling for an impression, but getting a conversion, a, a trial out of it, um, it is something that's really exciting and really cool. Um, and I think exciting for a consumer. I mean, it's a little bit more interesting. We're hit with so many ads a day um, to not just click to learn more, but click to try it. Um, so that's been really interesting, as well as influencer marketing has gotten really interesting. We did a really cool campaign with OB Tampons. Um, they worked with an influencer who does YouTube videos, and one of the YouTube videos was what's in her purse. Um, And so she pulled out 
OB tampon and then just said, click the link below to get one yourself. And that even was great for the influencer. That video got far more views than all of her other What's in My Purse uh, videos. So I think this weaving of the old idea of what an ad used to be, as well as like influencer marketing, is a really interesting pairing with, with sampling. It's kind of bringing a few different worlds together and making both more efficient. I was really blown away by the discussion that we had with Kelly and Matthew. I felt like both of them had a really good grasp on the importance of customer feedback and more importantly, how to get it effectively. The future of CPG products is mainly about taking special retail experiences and allowing those experiences to come alive online. DTC companies primarily rely on online channels to sell. That is where CPG brands like Hershey's will have to move towards. And I was actually blown away too by how Matthew recognized that need and was wanting to work towards it by working with companies like Sampler. When I thought about brands like Hershey's, I never thought that they would have such a quick moving model when it comes to being able to take large scale decisions and being able to move fast on them. What Matthew told me is something that I'm very happy about, which is a lot of CPGs like Hershey's are recognizing that they need to evolve their business model and they need to move towards new channels to sell their product. If you take a look at four or five of your friends, you'll notice that they're probably not wearing mainstream brands. A lot of them are wearing clothes from niche online stores that are providing clothes by doing something different, whether that's offering the clothes at a lower price, higher quality, or with a side benefit. I think that a lot of times CPG brands need to be cognizant of that and it would be advantageous for companies like Hershey's to find some niche chocolate companies and even bring them into their network and acquire them. All right, well, we're going to get into the rapid fire round. We're going to go through and uh, for one minute, I will have your attention and I will be asking you a bunch of questions, uh, and hopefully we can get this conversation to be even more interesting. First question, Matthew, what do you want to see invented in the next 10 years? Get creative. Oh, I want a robo-cook. Robo-cook. Who's going to cook gourmet meal <laughs> in my kitchen? <laughs> Lovely. Number two, what excites you the most about the future of technology? I like democratization of entrepreneurship. I think that's what we're seeing now the most. I guess I'm noticing the most from technology. It's enabling people to do exactly what they want. I love that. And what scares you the most about the future of technology? I'm scared that AI might um, be in the way of creativity when we start relying on it for a lot more decisions and actions. So I'm scared of what it's going to do to humans and, and human creativity. Love that. And if you had to give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would you what would you tell him? Network better. If I knew what you now. Yeah, it's amazing the power of networking and sharing ideas and helping people who's having you discover other things and new ideas and new ways. Got it. Final two questions. If you had to have dinner with anyone, who would it be? And why? Fernando Machado. Who is that? Who's the global <laughs> CMO of uh, Burger King. And he's the one who has an approach to marketing that I value the most. That's the closest to my own belief. And if you met him for dinner, what question would you ask him? How do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Matthew, that is your rapid fire round. Thank you. Kelly, brace oh. yourself. Oh, boy. Number one, what would you like to see invented in the next 10 years? This is going to probably sound really stupid. And there's probably something already similar to this. I want an app to tell me which grocery stores have what. Because it drives me insane. The world is coming to an end tomorrow. 
and you have the opportunity to watch one movie, what movie would that be? Oh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I love that. Love that. And if you had to act in a movie, which movie would you act in? Oh, God, I'm a terrible actor. Like Bridesmaids or something. As the director of marketing for a company now that has to even manage a team, what is your biggest advice to people who have a difficulty in managing people? How do you go about managing a team? Stop telling and start listening. To treat your team as though you're the dictator who knows better um, is completely a backwards approach. Uh, It's very much to me, how can I help them? If not for Sampler, what would you be doing? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, both my parents are entrepreneurs, so I think I come by honestly. Probably working at one of the other really cool retail-focused startups Mm -hmm. uh, in Toronto. There's some really cool ones out there. Awesome. And last question, by 50 years old, what is one thing you want to accomplish personally and professionally? I think I'd love to write a book. I guess that goes for personally and professionally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. All right. Well, that is your rapid fire round, Kelly. I want to thank both of you guys for coming on the podcast. Um, Where can people find you guys? Matthew, where can people find you if they have any questions they want to reach out? I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Cool. The easiest way. Easiest way. Love that. Same here. LinkedIn's the best way. You guys have been listening to the Tech House, the podcast where we bring cutting edge startups and Fortune 500s to the table to talk about their contrasting views on how tech is changing our world. Stay tuned for our next episode. This is your host, Swish, signing off. This podcast is supported by Origins Media House and TrueFan. Origins Media House is a content marketing agency that consistently engages your audience through entertaining podcasts and value-packed videos. It's a group of three hardworking women that are here to be able to allow you to live your life better and learn from some of the best in your market. TrueFan is a fan engagement and discovery platform helping brands identify and reward their top fans as well as find new customers that are primed for conversion. If you're interested in learning more about TrueFan, you can visit us at truefan.io or send an email to sales at truefan.io.